Welcome to Creating the Good with AARP Illinois, a show with inspiring people who we hope will inspire you. And now, your hosts, Bob Gallo and Rosanna Marquez. Hi, I'm Rosanna Marcus, State President of AARP Illinois, and I'm here with my guest co-host today, AARP volunteer John Strauss. We're excited to be with you, John. Welcome as we continue the second season of our radio show, Creating the Good with AARP Illinois. We're talking with some fascinating folks who are making a big difference in their local communities. It's great to be here with you, Rosanna. Today we have two special guests with a very innovative program that involves potholes and bicycles. Yes, you heard that right. We're talking about the Recyclery Collective. It's a bike shop that fills potholes in the Rogers Park neighborhood in Chicago. But they don't use the usual materials to fill those nasty potholes. What they do is they hire local artists who create original decorative mosaics to place on top, a kind of pothole art. Wow, turning potholes into artwork. What a creative idea. And for that, they won an AARP Community Challenge Award. We'll talk more about that award and how you can participate a bit later in the program. Not only does the collective create fun pothole mosaics, they fix up bikes to donate. We can't wait to hear more about that later in the program. Indeed, John. So let's welcome Sipora Rhodes from the Recyclery Collective. She's their bike donations coordinator and also leads the Pothole Mosaic Initiative. And we also have Charlie McShane with us, who is retired and volunteers building bikes. Welcome to you both, and thank you so much for being here with us. Our pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for having us. All right. So let me start with you, Zipporah. We all know how horrible potholes are, especially for bikes. But honestly, I never thought of them as art. What a fun concept. Where did you get the idea to bring pothole art to a community? So there, there are several projects that I've seen um, in different countries around the world. There's a local artist named Jim Bakker who has been doing pothole mosaic art. And there's also people, I think it was in England, someone was like planting flowers in potholes, um, which obviously would be a temporary thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there. are there's examples of this in other places, um, and I thought it would be exciting to do that here in our neighborhood. Sounds good. So what are some of the coolest designs that people may spot in Rogers Park? The, the two that are most exciting and beautiful are one is on the street and one is on a sidewalk, actually. Um, the one on the street is near a crosswalk, and it's a representation of a Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, how do you find the artist to, to do this work? And, and how long does it take to fill a pothole and create a masterpiece like this one? Yeah, so we worked with the Chicago Mosaic School, which is um, a mosaic school that is run, I think they're like two or three miles, around two miles from our shop. So they're pretty local. And um, so this example, was done where they you know took measurements of the pothole and then created the mosaic in the studio and then laid it into cement the other pothole or the other project that they took on was this destroyed sidewalk that had been in a kind of disastrous state for nearly a decade um and they um 
they were applying a Japanese philosophy, like art philosophy called Kintsugi. Um, they, they actually taught me about it, or I had just read about it like the day before meeting with them. And I was really excited about the concept, but the, it, the idea is um, when something is in disrepair, um, when, you, when you fix it, you're not necessarily trying to cover up or disguise the, the wear and tear. Maybe you wanna accent it and maybe it can itself be a beautiful thing. Um, so that's what they did with the sidewalk and that they actually installed on site. So they hadn't made any portion of the mosaic and then just brought it in to, to set it down, but they actually went out every day for four days and piece by piece installed the mosaic on site. So it depends on the project and, and how the artists are choosing to sure. approach it. Sure. What do people say when they find your art? Are they surprised? What kind of reactions have you found? Yeah, everyone who's found them has been delighted and um, maybe be a little bit because it was installed during the pandemic. I don't know. We, it was a little bit on the down low. So people are excited and surprised and intrigued and want to know more. And it's a little bit of a local scavenger hunt mystery kind of sure. thing. So it's fun. Yeah. And, and I'm wondering, they're beautiful, but but how do they stand up to the elements? You know, what about, you know, cars and bikes? You know, are people zigzagging, you know, up and down the street uh, to run over them or to avoid them? You know, they've got to be quite a quite a challenge well, in some ways. Um, a couple of the one in particular um, was filling a really deep pothole that I would also I would witness how the traffic was sort of um, made more restricted and, and more dangerous due to, to the, due to the pothole. So the idea with filling it was definitely that it would be used. <laughs> It'd be rode over by cars and bikes as needed. And um, yeah, the idea is that they'll, they'll hold up to, to use. Um, the main thing that would um, remove them is if and when the city takes on resurfacing projects, which, you know, I'm not trying to interfere with that work. No. Um, when you're scouting a site, that's something to keep in mind that um, maybe don't choose a, a site that is like totally riddled with potholes because hopefully that street is slated for resurfacing soon. And so your artwork will be more temporary. I mean, all of it is semi-temporary, but um, yeah, so choosing something that's sort of like an outlier so that it's likely to, to stay around a little bit longer. Well, knowing Chicago weather and Chicago winters, I can't think of a better community server project. Which brings me to you, Charlie. Why did you decide to volunteer with the recycling? Uh, how do you describe your feeling of working in a bike shop? Well, um, it's kind of natural. I, I had taken a course in bike repair there a few years uh, previous. Um, also, I had fixed my own bike there. Sure. And I liked the vibe of the shop because the, the whole idea is that they will guide you, but you turn the wrenches. You know, the wrench is in your hand. Great. So um, uh, that's a very good setup. I started volunteering there and uh, they broke me in easy, like on volunteer hours where you're just repairing bikes and you're learning about bike repair. Then they throw you in the deep end during open shop hours and people bring in all kinds of bike problems and so it's terrific because it's a kind of a combination of technical skills and people skills right you know sure. you you learn something about the bikes but you also have to listen to people and help them along 
And that's that's the real that's the joy of working there. When, you know, when you're using that combo skills. And that actually answers my next question, which is what's the most rewarding thing about this work? I, I think uh, what I've learned there over the years is that you can make small improvements in your environment and they count. It counts to help yeah. somebody fix something. It counts to help somebody get a little more mobile. It counts to help a person who didn't have a bike before. Zippy's program on, on that is just terrific. Mm -hmm. and, and isn't it true that you can earn a bike by volunteering at the recyclery? Sephora, that's your yeah. program. Yeah, we in pre-pandemic, we had lots of different ways for, for youth and adults to do that. And we, we have, it's, it's ongoing. It, it's a little bit reduced capacity right now, but yeah, so adults can volunteer. Um, 16 hours gets you a bike, a lock, and a helmet. Um, it's really important when we donate bicycles that there's a lock that comes along with them um, because we want people to be able to use the bike, take it on errands, go to the grocery store, go to the library, um, visit a friend, um, go to work. Um, so that's, that's an important aspect. So 16 hours gets you a bike, a lock, and a helmet. And part of that time, you'll be helping to restore the bike that you're going to earn. Uh, whether Maybe that takes you all 16 hours, and that's great. Maybe that only takes you eight hours, and then you have eight hours to pay it forward and help the shop in some other way. So, um, yeah, that's for the adults. And then for youth, uh, we have in the past had a drop-in program for youth that was similarly structured. But we also work with schools and after-school programs with, like, a group of a group of seven or eight or nine um, youth at a time where we're teaching them also like how to navigate in traffic. So a combination of, of safe cycling and basic bike mechanics. And then um, at the end of the program, they get to take home the bike that they've been working on. Do you accept uh, donations of bicycles in need of repair? Yes, that is our main that that's that's how we operate. Okay. <laughs> we take bikes in any condition for adults or for youth or little kids, um, and we we refurbish some of them um, to sell, and that's how we pay rent. And we refurbish some of them with the support of amazing volunteers, um, and those bikes go toward our free cyclery program. Um, whether it's um, a donation, you know, um, we partner sure. with agencies that um, refer clients to us from from social service agencies in our area. So um, whether the bike is going to one of those clients or it's going to someone who's earning a bike. Um, yeah, it's all it's all bikes that have been donated okay. in varying conditions. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, let me let me back up here a little bit, Sipor, and tell, tell us how and why the recyclery was founded. So the recyclery was founded by a group of Mennonites, young Mennonites in South Evanston, who they were thinking, you know, um, I guess it aligns with a lot of Mennonite values. I'm not, I myself am not Mennonite, and that was um, 16 years ago. Um, but values of um, reuse, reuse, and and um, conserving resources, um, and um, collaboration. It, I guess it sort of made sense as a project for them. They they were considering opening a, a thrift store, and then someone said suggested that they do a community bike shop instead. And so as a group, they took a course at another slightly older bike nonprofit. So they all learned together and then they opened the project and it's that was 16 years ago. Where are you located? Where is the Recycling Collective? 
We are, well, our address, <laughs> our address is 7628 North Polina in Chicago. We are right near like half a block from the Howard CTA station. So that makes us accessible for a lot of people. Sure. There's three train lines that converge there. And there's a lot of bus lines that end there or start there, depending on how you're looking at it. Um, so yeah, that's where we're like located. We're kind of tucked in this corner called the, the Howard area sure. of Rogers Park in Chicago. Do you have a website? We do, um, therecyclery.org. Perfect. So right. people who have a bike to donate can either reach out to you directly through the website or call you with through collective. Yes, and we have a handful of donation collection points around the Chicagoland area. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, people can bring them to our shop or one of our collection points. And those will be on your website? Yep. Great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks for Great. asking. All right, and I think later on the program we'll actually put up your website address so people can uh, can see how to how to get you. So so let me turn to you, Charlie, and ask you how the recyclery for you is is different from a typical bike shop. Well, um, I love local bike shops. I wish them all well and you know, grow and expand, you know, grow and prosper. But um, the recyclery is different in that it's. Uh, an educational place. It's a place where you bring in, you've got an issue, and we just help you walk through it. You know, um, you need a flat fixed, you need a wheel trude. Um, and we help you get that skill, and we help you, um, you know, uh, do it now instead of like dropping a bike off, letting the expert handle it, and then you know picking it up. Who knows, a week later or something. Um, this place, you bring it in uh, during busy times, during our you know uh, open shops. It had been when we were open shop regularly, and probably on Sundays now. There's there's a waiting list for a few people sometimes. But you can usually get it fixed that day um, with the help of the volunteers and the hosts. Uh, and geez, you know, we have all kinds of, uh, we put you at one of those benches like Zippy is sitting in front of, you know, and then all the, the tools necessary. We have a cache of specialized tools in one area that the host has access to now. And so instead of dropping off a bike, and letting the expert handle it, you bring the bike in, you bring yourself in, and you know we, we help you fix it and get it out the door and back on your bike. Let me back up uh, and ask the same question uh, of you, Zipporah. Um, how is the recyclery different from a typical bike shop for you? So we are a community bike shop, and we focus a lot on education and on reuse. So that whole keeping bikes out of the waste stream and keeping bikes rolling, you know, the reality is that bikes that were made in the 80s sometimes are better than bikes that they're making today in, in some instances. And there's nothing inherently wrong with a bike that's 30, 40, 50 years old. Um, and with a little TLC, you can get them rolling again and provide a meaning, meaningful, useful tool for someone. Um, so that that's really special. And, and um, I think it's just the way our society is that a lot of bike shops 
don't really have the luxury to kind of lean into that. And they have to constantly, you know, be focusing on the, the newest, um, flashiest, most sophisticated technologies. And, you know, bikes, they can be simple, elegant machines and nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's one thing. And then the, the education um, part, um, like a real desire to sort of demystify bike mechanics and put tools in the hands of people who might not typically think of themselves as mechanics or be sort of pitted as potential mechanics um, out there in the world. Um, we, we try hard to do that, bring more women into bike mechanics, um, people of color, um, I guess bike bikes and bike mechanics and cycling in general has sort of like a legacy of being a white male pursuit. Um, so um, it's not, I mean, not across the yeah. board, but, but yeah. you know, um, we have some work to do to sort of um, open it up a little bit, open up the community. So that's another thing that, that we serve to do. Yeah, that's great. That's really great. Well, what what a fun topic. Um, we are going to take a, a short break and look forward to continuing our conversation in just a moment. You're listening to Creating the Good with AARP Illinois. We'll be right back. Today is your day to make a difference. AARP is here in Illinois working hard to make it an even better place to live, work, and play. You can help us too. Get involved as an AARP volunteer. Help advocate for the issues that matter in our state and community, which could improve the quality of life for yourself and the people around you. For more information on ways you can get involved in your local community, visit aarp.org il. And we're back. You're listening to Creating the Good with AARP Illinois. I'm Rosanna Marcus, and I'm here with my guest co-host, John Strauss. We've been speaking with Zipporah Rhodes and Charlie McShane from the Recyclery Collective in Chicago. They have a rather unique program that fills potholes with decorative mosaics, and they also fix bikes and donate them to the communities in need. So you've been mentioning a little bit, Zipporah, about the bike education programs that you offer. Um, I, I want to focus a little bit on, on uh, though that, those educational programs and um, the 50-plus that, uh, that you're working with. Because you know, my understanding is you have a number of, of retired participants in your education program. So talk, talk a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah. Um, so we work with people of all ages. Um, some of our daytime programming um, it seems that retirees have more daytime availability. <laughs> it's easy to understand why us older folk uh, prefer or are able to do these things, you know, things we didn't have time to do when we were not retired. Uh, let me ask you, how many bikes on average do you fix and donate in a year? And in that group, is there one story that particularly stands out for you? Um, we donate around 200 refurbished bikes a year. Um, and we're always trying to, you know, increase that number, but, um, each bike takes on average around five hours for a, for a volunteer to refurbish to our standards. Um, so yeah, around 200 bikes a year. Tell us a story about somebody who got a bike from you and how they've used it. One that comes to mind because it happened just recently was over the summer. Um, we were doing a youth program again after being on pause for um, a chunk of the pandemic there. Um, and there were two sisters in the program. One was 11 and one was 13. 
and they actually didn't know how to ride a bike. So um, that presented a challenge because usually we like to take the groups on rides around the neighborhood, getting them used to riding in traffic and all of that. Uh, but we couldn't do that until um, these two sisters learned to ride. And um, it was a story of triumph. By the end of the program, both had learned to ride and the group was very supportive of their efforts along the way. Um, and now they ride their bikes to school. That's a great story. And it seems to illustrate everything you guys are trying to do. Wonderful. Are there any plans to expand the program to other parts of Chicago? I mean, do you think we'll see one day mosaic pothole art, you know, across all of uh, all, all the pothole filled streets of uh, Chicago? I certainly hope that people take the pothole art idea and run with it in uh, their neighborhoods. I think um, the recyclery we've been working on being able to do mobile programs. So kind of take our programs um, to community centers around the city, um, but not necessarily like open an, a new location of our own, but more more just try to do collaborations where we can bring what we do to other, to other neighborhoods and um, other communities. People are going to hear this from from other parts of, of the city and other parts of the state. Can uh, I imagine you would accept donations from 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 anyone even outside of the Rogers Park area? Yes. Um, and how how can they how can they find you to do that? So yeah, so the list of donation collection points is on our website, um, and we would love to have more collection points. So if you live in a near suburb and suburb and have a garage um, that you know you could stockpile five to ten bikes maybe and then make it um, more worth our while to come and collect them all at once we'll do that um, so you could do that if somebody had a collection to pick up yeah yeah um, some of our collection points are bike shops um, okay. because there's the phenomenon when, you know, like, like other things like cars, you know, someone will bring their bike to a shop and say, sure. you know, what's wrong with it and how much is sure. it going to be to fix it? And then, and then the mechanic will inform them, unfortunately, that it's almost what it would cost to get a new bike. And so then, sure. so they stockpile bikes for us. So there's, there's sites like that, local shops that will hold on to bikes for us, but there's also individuals, private homes. And um, on the website, we don't list like the address. I mean, we could, but I, I don't know. I just made that decision that we would just say like, you know, the town that it's in. And then if someone has a donation, they can email us and then we'll give them the instructions on how to be in touch with the homeowner. Mm -hmm. um, but that's actually, that's actually a really big way to support what we do. Um, if anyone yeah, out there excellent. has so that folks, you, you heard it. You heard <laughs> it. Visit therecyclery.org. We do want to mention the Recyclery Collective is a recipient of an AARP Community Challenge Grant Program. Support, how did it feel to be recognized for their work? It felt great. Um, we were so appreciative of um, getting the grant, and we really felt um, valued and supported and um, glad to know that the AARP supports our vision for our community and um, wants to see more um, accessible streets and sidewalks for everybody here. Great. This year was the fifth annual grant program and AARP distributed more than $3 million to a variety of programs across the country, including the recyclery. The next application process opens in February and we encourage everybody to apply. Go to www.aarp.org dot org slash community challenge for more information. 
Yes, and before we close, I, I do want to tell you on a personal note that I, I, I led the review team a couple of years ago that read all the Illinois applications, and I loved yours. I, I, I loved it, and I, I couldn't be more pleased to, to have had you on this show because from then, I still haven't gone out. I live in Chicago. I live in Lincoln Park, uh, and I walk everywhere, and I'm going to make it my business to walk up to Rogers Park and, and find, do my own little scavenger hunt and uh, see for myself some of this beautiful pothole artwork. It's really, it's been great to you know, circle back to you guys and, and know that you're still, you're still at it. Well, time sure flies when you're having a great conversation and this has been a truly inspiring one, but it's time for us to go. We've been speaking with Zipporah Rhodes and Charlie McShane of the Recyclery Collective in Chicago. Thank you both for being with us here today. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to another edition of our second season of Creating the Good with AARP Illinois, where we talk with those who are making a difference in their community. Stay tuned for our next episode. We look forward to being with you again very soon. For more information on ways you too can get involved in your local community, visit createthegood.org or learn more at visitaarp.org forward slash il. And let me add my thanks to you all, too, for listening into our program today. The opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect the views of this station or network. We hope you'll tune in again next week for Creating the Good with AARP Illinois.